8 verse 26 Acts chapter 8 verse 26 come on and turn with me there how about that choir family my God my God they did daughter and I'm so glad that I get the privilege to do life with them amen amen I told Dixon he's got a gift for exhortation and that's what the psalmist looks like right there I want to welcome our visitors those first timers to the new beginnings community baptist church we are an expository teaching and preaching church and that means we believe in preaching through the entire book of the bible books and chapters at a time family comma by comma and line and today we find ourselves walking through uh, the book of Acts, the, the book of history of the church. And we are in chapter 8, beginning at verse 26. We, we're glad you're here. Because there are over 500 churches in the Fresno metropolitan area. And we do recognize you could have been in any one of them. But I'm glad that you're here with us today. And we don't take your presence lightly. So if you can stand with me for the reading of God's holy word, visitors, that's... That's how we roll. Amen. Come on, stand with us as we read the scripture. Now, an angel of the Lord spoke to Philip, saying, Arise and go toward the south along the road which goes down from Jerusalem to Gaza. And this is desert. So he arose and he went. And behold, a man of Ethiopia a eunuch of great authority who was under Candace, the queen of the Ethiopians, and who had charge of all her treasury, he had come to Jerusalem to worship. And he was returning, and sitting in his chariot, he was reading Isaiah the prophet. And then the spirit said to Philip, go near and overtake this chariot. So Philip ran to him and heard him reading the prophet Isaiah and said, do you understand what you are reading? And he said, how can I unless someone guides me? And he asked Philip to come up and sit with him. And the place in the scripture which he read was this. He was led as a sheep to the slaughter and as a lamb before its shearers is silent so he opened not his mouth. And in his humiliation, his justice was taken away. For his life was taken from the earth. And so the eunuch answered Philip and said, Who does the prophet say this of? Himself or some other man? Then Philip opened his mouth and beginning at the scripture Preach to him Jesus. Now as they went down the road, they came to some water. And the eunuch said, see, here is water. What hinders me from being baptized? Then Philip said, if you believe with all your heart, you may. And he answered and said, I believe that Jesus Christ is the son of God. 
And so he commanded the chariot to stand still. And both Philip and the eunuch went down into the water. And he baptized him. Now when they came up out of the water, the spirit of the Lord caught Philip away. So that the eunuch saw him no more. And he went on his way rejoicing. But Philip was found at Azotus. And passing through, he preached in all the cities until he came to Caesarea. And all God's people said, Amen. Amen. I want to tag this message for your hearing today. Two servants that God could use. Two servants that God could use. Turn to that good looking person next to you and just say, Good looking. Oh, good looking. My pastor wants you to know today he's going to talk about two servants that God could use. Family, when we arrive at this portion of the text, Again, in the book of Acts, we see the kingdom of God on the move. The Samaritans had received the gospel and the church of Samaria was now born. Peter and John had come down from Jerusalem and identified the work that had began with Philip. And the scripture says that the Holy Spirit fell on them and they all were saved. Then the text closes by saying that the three of them, John, Peter, and Philip, went through all Samaria, preaching the good news. And then, verse 26 happens. A new assignment came down from heaven. For God had plans to carry his gospel to the ends of the earth. And we can learn this morning, family, that God is interested in everybody receiving the good news did you hear me right there i said god is interested in everybody hearing the good news the goal of our text this morning is to encourage somebody to share their faith with somebody else who is also looking for god and i like that this morning because it implies that heaven has everybody on the radar that makes sense right there Ever been on the radar driving down 41? Come on, you see that little fella with the gun like this? You on the radar, right? Well, God's got you on the radar this morning. And your neighbor. And your cousin and them. Amen. Everybody is on heaven's radar because God wants the world to be saved. I got three points I'm going to give you and I'll get on out your way. They're on the screen. Number one, I want to talk about the servant's assignment. Number two, I want to talk about the servant's actions. And number three, we're going to close. We're talking about the servant's authority. Amen. The servant's assignment, the servant's actions, and the servant's authority. Keep your Bibles open with me. Let's begin at verse 26. Now, an angel of the Lord spoke to Philip, saying, Arise. And go toward the south along the road which goes down from Jerusalem to Gaza. This is desert. So he arose and went, verse 27, and behold a man of Ethiopia, a eunuch of great authority, under Candace, the queen of the Ethiopians, 
who had charge of all her treasury and had come to Jerusalem to worship was returning now. And he was sitting in his chariot reading Isaiah the prophet. Let me unpack this a little for you right here. Here we discover two illuminating things we have to look at. Number one is that Philip receives a divine assignment from God. Number two, we see that it's an assignment that takes place in a desert place. Are you with me here? So, so when you first read this verse, you will discover that this is interesting. It's interesting because Philip has been called by God, Pastor Billings, to leave the place where he had great success. Samaria had now became a hot spot for ministry. Blackburn, when he first got there, wasn't no preaching going on. But now that he's been there, a church has been born. The city has been transformed. And verse 8 of chapter 8 says there was great joy in that city. But then God shows up in verse 26 now and says it's time to leave your ministry assignment. It's time for you to leave the place where you had great success. It's time for you to leave the place where everything's going good. Get up from there and go to a place where ain't nothing happening. Can I say some more? Philip's been called to a new ministry assignment. And Brother Will, because he's been faithful over the first ministry assignment, God can call him to the next one. Some of you are still sitting in the first time and wondering what's going on. How come God ain't talked to you in a while? Perhaps you quit being faithful over where he called you to labor. The next thing you can encounter in the text is that Philip doesn't even ask questions. Why God wants him to leave the church that's growing to go to a place where there ain't even a church. He just simply obeys the word of the Lord. Can I spend some time and grow some hair right here? He arises and goes down to the place where the Lord has assigned him to serve. Listen to this. And, and, and when I look further at this, the place where he's called to serve ain't even a place. The text says it's between Jerusalem and Gaza. Hold it here, God. You mean you calling me to a city that don't even exist? I want you to go down. <laughs> Y'all listening here? Go down south, Lord Jesus. Between Jerusalem and Gaza, I want you to just stay on the road. And by the way, Philip, this is the desert. Y'all know I want to work right there, right? His assignment is in the middle of nowhere. And he's not even told what to do. He's just told to go. Can I open that for you? Sometimes, family, God doesn't give you all the details of your assignment. Sometimes he hides some stuff from you. Sometimes he only gives you what you need to know in order for you to take the first step of faith. Am I making sense here? Very seldom does he paint the whole picture for you. He usually just gives you bits of information as you go. So, so what do I do with this, Pastor? Well, this charge is for you. Don't be the kind of servant family that needs all the information up front. 
before you accept the assignment from God. Be the kind of servant that God, that goes and does what God says to go and do so you can experience him along the way. And notice that the rest of the instructions will come when you get there. Y'all going to talk to me today? You know what he does for me, Sister Morgan? Philip models for me, daughter, what it looks like to trust God even when you can't see the rest of the assignment. Philip models for us what it looks like to be all in when God calls you. Even when the assignment don't look glamorous. Philip models for us the willing spirit to believe that God has a plan for him and will take care of him. If he simply just obeys his word. Can I say why? Why I believe this? I believe this is this way because Philip had a great track record with God. What do you mean, Wilson? Well, God had used him greatly in Samaria. Surely he would not use him now. I believe that this enabled Philip to try God at his word. And if he's been faithful in the first call, he can be faithful where? In the second call. And I believe that's a word for somebody here today. God may be getting ready to move you. Perhaps you already know he's calling you to a certain city, to a certain place, and you don't want to go because this ministry in Fresno then got good and comfortable to you. I want to challenge you today. Always know that you don't belong to no single church. You belong to God. And God can move you when he want to move you. Nobody, you ain't listening to me. I don't work for you. Come on, talk to you. I work for God, and when it's time to roll up and get to the next camp, guess what? I got to roll up. You got to roll up, too. Come on, talk to me. You got orders just like I got orders. And if God calls you to go somewhere, be like Philip and roll it up and obey where he's calling you to go. Somebody will say, hmm. Comfort has always been the enemy to the one on assignment from God. Did y'all catch that? I said comfort has always been the enemy to the one who's on assignment from God. But here's what I want you to tuck away with you. If God has ever used you before, you can trust him that he'll do it again. If God has ever worked for you before, Sister Billings, in another place, then you can trust him, daughter, that he'll use you again. Sister Wilson, if God has ever invited you to serve him, then the joy is being used by him in ways that you never thought of. Notice the text says in 27 that Philip arose and he went. And behold, a man from Ethiopia, a eunuch of great authority under Candace, the queen of the Ethiopians, who had charge, he had charge of all her treasury or he had her money. Amen. And he had come to Jerusalem to worship. He was returning back from the worship service and he parked his chariot on the side of the desert road. And he picked up the book of Isaiah and was reading it. Can I open it right there? When Philip gets up and goes down to the place where God has called him to serve, he gets what I call brothers and sisters is further clarity on why he's being called there. That makes sense? Notice, 
He was second of all, Brother Deacons, being called again to cross-cultural ministry. Somebody ought to say, hmm. See, the last time we saw Philip get this call, he was called to leave Jerusalem and go down to the Samaritans where they hated the Jews. That was the first cross-cultural call, right? He goes there, God uses him, he does a great work, a church is born, saints are saved, and they're worshiping God. And then God says, get up, and he calls him again to another cross-cultural assignment. This time, he's called to minister to the African. The African from Ethiopia. And he himself was a Gentile, and the Jews hated the what? The Gentiles. It's important to understand that God's plan for us as his people is for people to reach people. I want to mess up your cultural biases this morning. Y'all give me permission. God ain't never called for the gospel to be just a black gospel, just a brown gospel. Or just a white gospel. This is a people gospel. And God has called people to reach people. Come on, talk to me. And in the text, the historical book of Acts has always been about cross-cultural ministry. You coming out of your conference and crossing the railroad tracks. Reaching people that don't look like you. Why? Because God got them on the radar. Tell your neighbor, God got you on the radar. He got you on the radar. Secondly, it's important in this text to, to understand that God wanted to get the gospel to the whole world. Can I pause right there? Now, remember in Jerusalem, when he first called them in Acts chapter 1, verse 8, they were supposed to go to Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and the ends of the earth. I told you on last week, they got stuck in Jerusalem. That why? Because everybody looked like them. It's comfortable in here, amen, Jew witnessing the Jew, amen. They were all comfortable. And then God had to send a man by the name of Saul to persecute the church in order to scatter her to the places where God had called her to go. That's where we got Acts chapter 8. Philip and the rest of the congregation begin to run for their lives preaching the gospel. And as they go to Samaritans, they probably would have stayed there, but the end of the earth hadn't come yet. Some scholars writing about this text said that back then in ancient um, history, they saw Ethiopia and Africa as being the end of the earth. Y'all with me here? So in order for God to get the gospel to where he wanted it to go, he had to set the eunuch up. Bring him to Jerusalem at the time of worship. And now when he's leaving Jerusalem, he's got to tap his servant over in Samaria. Get up now and go and preach to the one who's going to carry the gospel to the end of the earth. Can I say what I feel today? This text ain't about Philip. This text ain't even about the Ethiopian eunuch. This text is about God. Trying to fulfill his passion and mission on earth for lost people. So it's important to understand that God is working this text for his own honor and glory. This is a good point for you to set your neighbor straight. Tell him it ain't never been about you. Now I know you think it's about you. I know you think it's about you, neighbor. I hate to bust your bubble, but guess what? It ain't about you. 
Ain't that something? You know what this text is about? It's about what God is doing in the earth. This text is about what God is doing in the earth. And that's why it's important that God, watch this now. Are y'all listening? You zoomed in? Come on, lean forward. Fool me. Come on, lean forward. That's why it's important that God get Philip onto his agenda. And then he can put him in the desert place where he's got a thirsty man. Can I park the car right there? Our prayers are always about trying to get God on our agenda. God help me with my. The real way to pray ought to be God what are you doing? And how can I join you and what you're doing? But we're so selfish. Come on, it's all about what we feel. What we need. How come I don't have? And we always miss what God is doing. Because God's trying to get you and I on his agenda. So he can move you to the places where he's working to have his name glorified. Y'all going to say amen or say ouch or forgive me, Lord, something. Amen. Notice this text. I know this is God. I know this is God. The stranger in the text emerges as Luke is writing this. He's an Ethiopian eunuch. He works for the queen of Ethiopia. And he's left Africa to journey to Jerusalem to worship. A very trustworthy source friend in my library said this. He said, Wilson, the Ethiopian whom Philip encountered could be commonly called as like a minister of finance. For in the ancient world, slaves were often castrated as boys in order to be used as keepers of the harem and the treasury. Eunuchs were found to be trustworthy and loyal to their rulers. And so the practice of placing them in high positions was a common phenomenon. Does that make sense there? In other words, so you don't bother the kings, girls, we're going to clip you. And now since your interest is no longer over the women, we're going to put you over something that you can be trustworthy with. Can I say some more? When you look at this text, here again, you see God, Minister Greer, doing something incredibly different. What, Pastor? Well, he's revealing his heart for the nations. And he's inviting Philip to get a glimpse of his heart. In other words, God is setting the eunuch up for a divine encounter. And he's about to answer his deepest thirst in life. He had come all the way from Africa to worship the God of the scriptures. And so it reveals that the eunuch had a thirst for God. Look how far he came. Just to try to discover the one he didn't know. Can I say some more? He parks his chariot on the side of the road as he leaves from worship. And on the side of the road, Sister Billings, in the heat of the desert, he stops to take a drink from the scriptures that his thirst might be quenched from his worship experience. 
Can I preach a little while right here? This fella is not like most men. In fact, he's got a different story than most fellas. He, he's seen some things, felt some things, experienced some things that the average man has never encountered. He's got position that the average Joe don't have. Look, he got all the money of the queen of Ethiopia. He's a slave of the queen and yet he's royalty. He's an official at the same time he's a wanderer. He needs help and he's in the desert. He has a journey but he's on a new journey. God is getting ready to break into his story and interrupt his life changing his eternal future while sitting on the side of the desert road of life. Can I say it like I feel it? One fella in my library whispered in my ear, you know what's unique, Wilson, about him? I said, what, man? He said the eunuch had been on a pilgrimage to Jerusalem. He was what you call a God-fearing Gentile who once Blackburn uh, believed in God, the God of Israel, but had never become a convert to Judaism. Now, as a eunuch, full membership in the church of Jerusalem would not have been possible. For two reasons. Number one, he was a Gentile. Number two, he had been castrated. And because of his physical blemish, Deuteronomy 23 and 1 said you wouldn't get in. And because he was castrated, he couldn't even enter into the temple. But he came to worship anyway. That's somebody who thirsty. You come all the way from Africa and you know that you are an outsider and you know they ain't going to even let you in the temple. But you're going to just come and hang around the temple just to see if you can catch a drink of the one who you hope will save you. Are you listening here? When God saw the determination of this eunuch get up from Africa and drive all the way to Jerusalem, he shook Philip right here. And said, get up, arise. I got a man you need to go talk to. Are you looking at me here? These are two servants that God could use. See, God could use a servant like the eunuch. Why? He's hungry for God. He's got a desire to seek him and to serve him. Tell somebody, that's the kind of man God wants. God can use him because this eunuch is focused on what's important and he's driven to be into his presence. This is the kind of servant, y'all, that God could use. And him and Philip had a lot in common. Philip, Philip and, and, the eunuch, and the eunuch are on God's radar. See, he and Philip are destined to connect. And God is connecting the dots so that their encounter will bring himself, Yahweh, honor and glory in the earth. I turn the light on right there. Oh, I wish I had a congregation filled with people like the eunuch who drive miles to get a word from God. Somebody who'll be driven to the things of God. I'm concerned about this laid back Christianity we got. I don't know. I can't tell if you moved or you sleep. I don't know what is it. I concern today. So concerned that we see Philip's assignment automatically demonstrates, second point, his action. Y'all going to walk with me through here? 
Shake your neighbor and tell him, get down with me for a minute. Get down with me for a minute. Point two, text says in verse 29, that then the spirit said to Philip, don't you just like that the spirit keep talking to him? He said in the first verse, arise and go down. Second verse, he's getting more information in the assignment now. Go near and overtake this chariot. Bible says, Philip ran, daughter Courtney, and he heard him reading the prophet Isaiah. Then Philip asked him, do you understand what you're reading? And he said, how can I? Unless somebody guides me. And Philip asked him, or he asked Philip, come up and get in the chariot with me. And the place where he was reading was Isaiah 53. And he reads, and he was led as a sheep to the slaughter. And as a lamb before his shearers is silent, so he opened out his mouth. And in his humiliation, his justice was taken away. And who will declare his generation? For his life is taken from the earth. And so the eunuch asked Philip, who is the prophet talking about, himself or somebody else? And then Philip opened his mouth and according to the scripture began to preach to him, Jesus. Notice this text, y'all. Here we discover that as a servant, Philip, his assignment calls for action. That's worth you coming today. As a servant of God, if you are a servant of God, your assignment calls for action. Y'all listening? And now that God has called him to this certain place, he demands that a certain action take place. The spirit said, go near. The action that followed dictated to Philip what was going to happen next. In other words, again, God had a plan for the eunuch and God had a plan for Philip. God's plan was for Philip to preach to the eunuch. And God's plan for the eunuch was to receive what Philip had preached. Can I say some more? Philip, when he arrives, the eunuch is reading the scripture and he's reading it, Courtney, with no understanding. See how God is at work. God takes somebody who can read it and understand it and connect with somebody who's trying to read it and got no understanding. They both are getting after God. Philip has a life submitted to God and the eunuch is seeking God. This is what you call a divine setup. And according to the text, what God is trying to teach us, brothers and sisters, is that God needs servants who are willing to go to people who don't understand. I'm going to park the car just a second right there. Some of us only want to go to those who already know. God is trying to get us to go to those who don't have an understanding. Can I say some more? God needs servants who can ask questions and give answers to those who are seekers. Who have a heart for God but have not yet arrived. According to the text, Philip uh, only talks with him scripture. 
Stay in here with me, y'all. Dresha, you with me, daughter? Look at this. He doesn't do culture. He don't do traditions. He don't do uh, Jewish talk only. No, he ain't concerned that he African or that he a eunuch. He ain't even concerned that he got the latest, coolest chariot. Come on, talk to me. He ain't even concerned that this brother worked for the queen, so he must be loaded. Come on, talk. He ain't concerned about none of that. What he's concerned about, do you understand what you read? I just said a mouthful right there. And I said that because that's what sometimes we can get trapped in our ministry opportunities caught up on the cultural artifacts of the day. Are you Republican or Democrat? Are you straight or are you gay? Are you high or are you sober? Do you live on the west side or do you live on the east side? That ain't got nothing to do with what God is concerned about. Am I talking to you right here? God is always concerned with what do they know about him? Do they understand who he is? Do they recognize him in the scripture? Do they believe that God has a plan for their lives? And God can use a servant like Philip who's only concerned about the main thing in other people's lives. Here we can discern several things about the one that Philip has been called to witness to. Am I boring you? Okay, all right. Number one, here's what I noticed, Sister Wilson. Love of my life. According to the text, the eunuch can read. According to the text, the eunuch can reflect. Because he pulls over on the side of the road to think about what he's reading. According to the text, he can ask questions. Who is he talking about, himself or somebody else? According to the text, he got his own copy of the scriptures. According to the text, he's trying to figure it out on his own and he's come, just come from worship and didn't get the answer in Jerusalem. According to the text, he's got God on his mind. And according to the text, he's pulled over to do more research because he's got questions that have not been answered. But God is getting ready to change the course and direction of his life and God is going to send him the answer to his questions. Can I say something right here? Some of y'all getting frustrated with relatives because you think they're hostile and they're angry. Because they got questions. Let them have questions. Give them some answers. Are you with me here? It's good when people are able to actually question what you believe. But it ought not make you offensive and make you mad. You ought to welcome the Bible study. You ought to be able to give a reasonable answer for the hope that lies within you. Come on, talk to me. Y'all know new beginners. Don't make it up what? Look it up. If he's sitting there with a scripture and they misquoting something, just ask him, do you understand what you're reading? <laughs> Am I making sense here? I wrote myself a note. In order to explain Isaiah, he had to know. And if you don't come to Bible study, you don't come to life groups, you're going to find yourself frustrated. When people have questions, you know, why you got a question? Why you can't just believe? I got an answer for that. Faith comes by 
and hearing by the they can't believe until they hear the and in order to hear the somebody got to open the and teach them the come on talk to me are you listening here God calls you and I to be students of the so that we can teach the and give an answer in the for those who don't know the and all God's people said amen In order to study the scriptures, you got to know the scriptures. Or teach the scripture, you got to know the scripture. We got to be people of the word. Don't fool yourself. Don't fool yourself. Don't think you can just get all you need at the 11 o'clock hour in the sermon. This ain't Bible study. This is preaching. This is proclamation. Bible study is when you sit down with others and you study the word. Am I making sense here? Now I do my best to exegetically walk through the text and explain it but you can't stop me in the middle of this sermon and ask questions. At Bible study you can. That's where you come to equip yourself and to be equipped. Here you come to be exhorted, encouraged and challenged to go out and obey what it is that God has said to you. On Wednesday night and Sunday morning in the life groups is where you come to dig in the word of God so you can contain the wisdom and knowledge of God and then be able to go out and pour out what he poured in. Action neighbor, are you in life groups? Are you in life groups? Go on and ask them, man. I ain't seen you at Bible study. Where you been? Eh? If they start looking around, just leave them alone. It's okay. <laughs> they reaching for that chewing gum right now. Don't even bother. <laughs> Amen. Amen. Y'all still love me? So here you see Philip's assignment. You see that his assignment accompanied his actions or his actions accompanying his assignment, right? But look at number three, his authority. His authority. The text says something very interesting. I'm almost through my third point. In verse 36, the text says, now as they went down the road. Did you catch that right there? At first, Brother Jameson, the eunuch was going down the road. And Philip was going down the road. They were going separately. But now that God is in the conversation, the two are in the same car, studying the same scripture on one accord. Cross-cultural ministry has bridged two worlds together. Now, y'all not listening. The Jew and the African then jumped in the same car. And they reading the same book of Isaiah. And now they going down the road together. Look, only the gospel can bring people with differences together. Only the scripture can put them on the same page, worshiping the same God. Then the Bible says they came to some water. And the eunuch said, see, here's some water. What hinders me from being baptized? Then Philip said, if you believe with all your heart, you may be baptized. And he answered and said, I believe Jesus Christ is the son of God. So he commanded the chariot to stand still. Not Philip, the Ethiopian eunuch. Remember, it's his chariot, right? He commands the chariot to be still. And both Philip, I love that picture, and the Ethiopian eunuch went down into the water. 
and he baptized him. As we close the text, we see two servants of God exercising what I call, brothers and sisters, is biblical authority. What do you mean, Pastor? Well, as they obey the call of their assignments and they take action to obey the word of God, they now can operate under the authority of God. In other words, we see that it's not Philip who initiates the call to obey God and water baptism, but rather it's the eunuch. But the eunuch wasn't called to go down and do ministry. Philip was called to go down and do ministry. And as Philip starts to preach to him Jesus, and now what God calls him to do, the eunuch decides, I need to obey what Christ has said. And so he comes up with the question about being baptized. Can I spend some time there? What we are looking at, family, is what I call a picture of true conversion. Stay with me. True conversion always begins with obedience. The one who identifies with Christ's death, burial, and resurrection through water baptism is the one who loves God and longs to follow him. Let me work some more. In the eunuch's obedience to the scriptures that was proclaimed to him, he saw that I must give myself wholly over to God. And baptism is that symbol. I said to, I said to the 8 o'clock family this morning, I've got to change my theology right here about baptism. They were looking at me kind of strange. And I explained what I said. I've got to stop baptizing people who ain't truly converted. In other words, we've seen numbers of people come through this church, profess up here, I believe that Jesus Christ is the son of God. They go to the water and they never come back again. Now maybe God sends them to some other church. Amen. Praise God. Or maybe they were never truly converted. I've seen people come in, go to the water in a relationship, an ungodly relationship, and go out and stay in the relationship. I've seen people come in, go to the water, practicing a certain lifestyle, and then fail to give up that lifestyle. True conversion is to stop what you're doing and turn your life around. And what, and what happens in the next verse is Philip is the one who messed me up. 
He did something very powerful. He closely examines the eunuch's heart using biblical authority. Listen to what he says in verse 37. Philip says, if you believe with all your heart, then you can be baptized. Can I unpack that right there? Philip understands that salvation and baptism in Christ is a serious thing. And that the ordinance given to the church is for those who really trust God with all their heart. What I think we encounter most of the time in the North American culture is that somebody then got caught doing crime and now they want to run to the church and give their life to Jesus and be baptized so they can take their certificate to court. Or somebody that just had a horrible breakup with their girlfriend or their boyfriend and they want Jesus to save their emotions. They don't want him to save their life. Somebody then got in trouble financially. And you need God to fix your situation. And so you misinterpret the invitation to salvation that God will save you from all your problems. And you come in and you get Christ and you go to the water. And then when your problems don't change, you just don't come back. I'm stopping the way I baptize people. I'm going to examine a heart now. Do you believe with all your heart? I'm not wetting no more devils. Amen. They're going down devils and coming up wet devils. No intention to turn their lives around. Can I just park the car right there? When Philip does this, he messes me up. man. He gives me a new prerequisite for how people go into the water. Do you believe with all your heart? Secondly, I see something I need to say here. That's why we don't baptize babies. Babies can't believe with all their heart. We pray for them and dedicate them to the Lord, but we don't baptize babies. Why? They're not old enough to make a profession of their faith. Second of all, we don't baptize people for good luck. We don't baptize people for numbers. We don't baptize you so you can have a religious experience. Listen, listen, no. We baptize one who's already had an encounter with God. And they want to follow him in an act of obedience. I'm grieved today that I feel like I have grieved the heart of God. That I've done that. I, I can counsel with him and see him. Sometimes I know before I even dunk him, they ain't coming back. Why? Because you can see their excuses. I started trying to do some testimony. So tell us, why are you in the water? Y'all know you. Heard the waters of test. And sometimes you can tell. Hmm. Sometimes you can also identify, oh yeah, that one's been born again. But other times you can't. I like this that Philip does this. And fourthly, I like that the eunuch must articulate back to Philip that he understands what he believes. Do you love him with all your heart? The eunuch straight out says, I believe. That Jesus Christ is the son of God. And then, you know, see the next action? He commanded <laughs> the chariot. Pull my car over, driver. Amen. Because I'm ready to be baptized. He identified the water. He had a public testimony. And then he commanded the driver to pull over so he could obey God. 
in the next, so the first step of discipleship. Parenthetically, you ever met somebody who gets saved, but they decide they don't want to be baptized? No, I'm serious. I, I think I want to wait a little while on baptism. You didn't mean what you just prayed. Water baptism is the first step of obedience. If you can't obey him in water baptism, you ain't going to obey him in picking up a cross and carrying it. Why? Because water baptism identifies you dying to the old way of sin, being buried and risen again. You saying if you don't want to be baptized, I don't want to die to myself. I like me too much. I'm not ready to align myself with God. What a picture. Bible says that they both got down, they went into the water, and they came up. Hallelujah. And the Spirit of God caught Philip away to Azotus, which was another ministry location. And the eunuch went on down the road, praising God. Church historians, and I'm through, church historians say that it's the Ethiopian eunuch who carried the gospel back to Africa. And they can actually trace the beginning of the Ethiopian Coptic church back to the conversion and time of this Sabbath worship experience that he has and he's leaving Jerusalem and Philip catches him. That's evidence of true conversion. Can I unpack that right there? Those who have been truly converted will be about the work of the ministry. Those who have been truly converted will be those who follow Christ with actions. Those who are truly converted will be those who live a life under the authority of God and are able to operate on behalf of that authority. Listen, if you have not been converted, there won't be no evidence of your conversion. Can I say some more? A lot of people claim to be Christian, but ain't no evidence. But I'm so glad today that the text reveals that God had a plan to use two men. I'm glad today that the evidence of the text suggests that God had an assignment for both men. I'm glad today that the text suggests both men followed with their actions according to their assignments. And then finally, I'm glad today that both men were able, yes, after the assignment and the action of God, to live and walk in the authority of God. These two servants are men that are worthy of our our praise. But there's another man who emerges on the pages of scripture who was the first, yes, man from God to be on assignment of redemption. Jesus, the Christ, the Lamb of the Most High God, on assignment from his Father, came down through 42 generations. 
was born of a little virgin girl. And Jesus, on assignment from the Father, walked the dusty streets of Palestine giving sight to the blind and hearing to the deaf Jesus the son of God on assignment from the father was able to cast out devils was able to raise the sick Jesus the lamb of God on assignment from the father was able to do what no man had ever done and under the authority of his daddy one Friday night at a hill called Calvary Jesus the lamb of God took a cross on his shoulder and yonder he goes to the outside of the city Jesus as the Lamb of God allows them to stretch him high and to drop him low I heard I heard I heard Jesus say no man takes my life but I, I lay it down and if I lay it down I'll take it up again now that's a, a servant on assignment and Jesus with the authority of God gave his hand to the nails and gave his feet to the nails Jesus under the authority of God gave his head to the crown of thorns and Jesus the lamb of God under the authority of the father he died in the power of God come on help me now didn't he die on the old rugged cross didn't he die for the sin of the world I'm glad today the servant of the most high God stayed in his lane stayed under his authority can I tell you why with his authority he descended into hell and by his authority took the sting out of death by his authority he snatched the keys of hell from the devil and early Sunday morning he rose from the dead now that's good news cause he got up with all power got up with all power of heaven and earth in his hands and I heard with his authority he gave authority he said go into all the world and make disciples baptizing them in the name of the father in the name of the son and in the name of the holy ghost did me said I heard I heard I heard he went back to be at the right hand of the Father and yonder he is sitting on the throne of God watching the activity of the church as we move about the kingdom God's radar is on humanity and I'm glad today 
his eye is on me and one day one day one day one day now he's gonna crack the sky coming back to look for his servants under his authority he's gonna sound the trumpet and the dead in Christ gonna rise and all of us who are remaining and alive gonna be caught up together in the air and what a day what a day what a day that's gonna be all of God's children from Africa to Asia to North America to Australia Chicago East Bay Oakland Watts Detroit Alabama gonna be together in the seat of glory and at that time I said at that time he's gonna call us together around the throne and around the throne guess what's gonna take place rewards for faithful servants rewards for those who said yeah to the assignment rewards for those who had action rewards for those under 30 he's gonna give them crowns and I heard I heard I heard when we get our crowns we gonna look to the left gonna look to the right and win one motion of praise we gonna take our crowns and lay them at his feet cause worthy 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 tonight is the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world I'm closing now but I'm glad I'm glad I'm glad I got a king I don't mind serving I got a king I can't wait to bow down I got a king who's been my friend when I've been hungry I got royal bread when I've been lonely I got a royal hug when I've been discouraged I've been royally encouraged when I've been mistreated I've been royally protected he's mine he's mine he's mine mine oh mine ain't God alright ain't God alright excuse me now why I shout a while I know he's alright been too good to me been better to me than I've been to myself if I don't have another friend in this world I've got a friend in Jesus and guess what he's alright he's alright he's alright ain't he alright come on help me now I need about 10 non-cool people 10 people who don't mind getting ugly in the face to look at somebody else and tell them he's my friend too he's my friend too I need about 10 more people to find somebody over there and find somebody over here and shake their hand and ask them neighbor 
Are you in the family? Are you in the family? Come on, shake somebody's hand. Shake another hand. Say, neighbor, are you the servant of God? Are you on the Lord's side? I'm glad today. Hey, trying to quit here. But you know why I'm glad? Not going to heaven by myself. Trying to take family with me. Trying to take family with me to heaven. I love the commercial. The commercial says, who's in your family plan? Who are you signing up? on your family plans don't know about you but my plans getting long sister Wilson's on my plans Alex is on my plans Lokalani's on my plans Aaron Jakari is on my plans Anthony Lionel is on my plans how about you who's on your plans are you going by yourself are you selfish like that who are you trying to go to the king of glory with if I were you I'd start making my list and checking it twice sharing a gospel if they're being naughty or nice it wouldn't matter I just sign them up on the family plan ain't God alright ain't God alright I'm closing now but I heard I heard for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believes in him will not perish but have everlasting life that means you and that means you are you going on the family plan God loves you and he died for you would you stand with me for